everyone, welcome to Good Boys Gone Bland, episode 10. This is a very special episode, folks. This is going to be uh, our final Ben episode. This is going to be our, our finale, or our ben Alley, as some might say, um, to our boy Ben. We've got 10 movies in. Um, we watched The Town this week. This was our, we finished, uh, at least we plan on finishing strong with The Town. We'll see what we <laughs> what we think about The Town once we, once we discuss it. But um, it's pretty bittersweet to be on this journey. Um, in our next episode, we're going to kind of wrap things up with Ben and kind of do our, our good old send off and uh, talk about what we're going to be doing next. Um, but today we're here to celebrate here and now, um, and, yeah. and the end of, uh, our journey with, we're with not him. crying because it's over. We're smiling mm -hmm. because it happened. We're, yeah. And it's <laughs> exactly, we're, we're smiling now. Um, and I honestly, like we'll, Thank we'll God. get into this next episode, but <laughs> it's, I'll miss him, dude. I'll miss spending so much time with our boy. Yeah. Yeah. Two hours a week of Ben is like... It's a lot, dude. It, it's a prescription for a happy life, I think. Like, I've... I feel like he went from one of my least favorite actors to easily one of my favorites yeah. over the period of, of three months. So he's a pretty yeah. good... Like, I wonder if we're... Um, if we... Once we move away from Ben with our another subject, what do we decide to do? Um are we going to miss him? Are we going to miss his presence in the movie? I think it really depends on who we pick next. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if we That's go fair. down, we're going to miss him. If we go up or stay even, I think it's going to be nice to have a fresh face. Yeah. It's just, he's got so many fucking hitters that like, we could easily do Ben again. We can't we even can watch a, a one of them. Game. We literally cannot physically watch one right now. You know how dogma fun? that's locked. I want to fucking watch dogma so bad. <laughs> it looks have, so good. We'd have to spend one hundred and fifteen dollars to get a fucking Blu-ray of it. If you guys have been with us on this journey uh, thus far, uh, you know, thank you guys for for sticking with us and uh, celebrating our our boy with us. It's been a real trip. Um, so before we get into the town this week, is there any uh, any new developments for you guys this week? Anything you guys want to talk about? I saw a meme today. Um, mm -hmm. that reminds me of every time you ask me this, uh, or reminds me of any time anyone asks me this question. And it was like some yeah. message. It was like a message between a friend and another person. It's like, what are you up to? And it's like, oh no, stop. And it's like, how are you doing? And it's like, no, don't do it. And it's like, <laughs> what even? And every time, I don't know what it is, but I'm really bad at conversing with like my coworkers. Anytime anyone asks me what I've been doing or what I've been up to, and every time you ask me that on the show, I'm like, huh? Uh, what? Nothing. <laughs> I, 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 I talked to both my parents this week on the phone, and they were like, how have you been? And I hadn't, I realized I hadn't talked to them in like two or three weeks. And I was like, I've done nothing. Nothing has changed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what's going on. And... Maybe maybe our viewers feel the same, but I I even like the small things that might bring up a conversation topic. Like if my coworker's like, "What are you doing?" I'd just be like, "Um, you know, living." Yeah. Uh, surviving this apocalypse. Um, no matter what, it's a very personal question. No, yeah, no, no matter what, I always say straight chilling. If someone <laughs> says <laughs> straight chilling, that's a good one. You know me straight. How uh, hi, yeah, straight chilling. And I just think uh, it Put says so much. Vibe. Yeah, yeah. It's it's either I'm like, you know, there's a lot going on, but I'm taking it cool, 
or like I'm happy to be relaxing. And from there, the person, if it, if they're someone who likes relaxing, they're like, yeah. If there's someone who likes playing it cool, they're also like, hell yeah. So straight chilling, try it out. Mileage may vary. Yeah, I, and yeah, you guys, that's a good point. Like, I always struggle how to answer that question when it's when it's someone who I don't know well. Where I'm yeah. like, do I really want to reveal what I've actually been doing? Like, if I tell someone I don't know that well, like, like, am I going to tell them that I review Ben Affleck movies and, uh, and part of nobody knows? <laughs> I did that this week. <laughs> yeah, Jay's did that for the first time. I, I did that, this which week. I commend you because <clears throat> I, I I have a little bit of personal experience with this. Um, <clears throat> I kept the fact that I was writing a book secret from everybody in my life for three years right and i saw I you last time yeah Physically, less than I saw you in person yeah, yeah less than five people i think knew about it um until before it was done and uh like my even my oldest friends my parents didn't know till it was actually like released yeah till, till it was actually like available to purchase my parents didn't know so i'm private in some regards just because my uh home life is kind of like strange i feel like because that's kind of nerdy and we're 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 we are nerds um okay hold whoa hold on ryan hold on let's let's pick let's backpedal real quick can we just take an objective look look at to see if we're actually nerds okay we're like, nerds let's just go down i the wrote list. A, do we i wrote a freaking <laughs> high fantasy novel okay it's a little nerdy. I've been a little Dungeon nerdy. Master for eight dragons. years. Yeah. yeah. I've been DMing for my friends for eight years. I've got a engineering electromagnetic second edition Nathan Eda book. Yeah. <clears throat> within within this my sight line, I have like a bunch of like build your own castle like <laughs> brick and mortar. I have this wooden like marble set that I made. Oh, hey. wood. It's pretty cool. That's He's, actually rad. Yeah, Ryan's painted minis. It, it's a marble racing track, and it like goes on a loop, and it's got like multiple different types of gear elevators. And I've got like, these pistons that work. Yeah, we're nerds, dude. That's oh my god. I just I guess I never realized it. You know, like it's a slippery slope. You know, you start getting interested in Marvel movies. Next thing you know, you're buying yeah, Warhammer figurines. And... Camping outside of a GameStop on mm -hmm. eleven eleven eleven. <laughs> we were all there together with my stepdad. You know Ten what? Years ago. <laughs> you know what's great about that is that I didn't even fucking own a 360 and couldn't afford <laughs> Skyrim. <laughs> you just came over to Jason's house. Didn't we? We had like I, five TVs playing that game, didn't we? Yeah, I watched five people play Skyrim at the same time and it was, it was entranced. <laughs> Jace, my earliest memory of you is it was first or second grade, or maybe even I think actually first, second, third, somewhere in there in the middle of elementary school, it, and I walked by this swing set. And you're next to a girl on the swing set, and you're swinging next to this girl. I don't remember her name. I, I'm trying really hard to remember her name. Might have been Jenna. Oh, that name sounds familiar. I had a uh, this is cognitive. I had a crush on a, a girl named Jenna. Yeah, that's the thing. And you were confessing your love to her. And I'm walking by, like behind <laughs> the swing set, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh. Is it hot in here or what? <laughs> Jace is putting the moves on. Oh, the elementary school <laughs> scandals. I don't remember this. For anyone, oh, you got you got to keep. Oh man, you um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Do you remember what happened? Obviously, I'm not with a Jenna. I don't have an elementary school love in my life, so... <laughs> no, hey, and there was also... Okay, so there was this girl that you... I'm not... Let's not say her name, because we actually know her name, but, like, there was this girl that you saw in college, and you went to, we went to elementary school with her, and it was this weird, like, uh, like chance meeting, and you, like, saw her at a party or something, and... uh I had a crush on that girl in kindergarten, and I she broke my heart. Oh fuck! Because I walked up to her. Oh no! I was I was sitting at the trash can during lunch, peeling my hard boiled egg. <laughs> <laughs> the most sensuous thing you could do. <laughs> she walks up and she puts something in the trash can, and I'm like, egg. <laughs> <laughs> And I offer it to her, and she's she like doesn't even say no. She just like gives me this disgusted look, and she walks away. And oh. I was just inconsolable from then on for like a long time. And I never spoke to her again. And I had classes with her like every year in elementary school. I don't know if I would accept a boiled egg from anybody, no matter how attracted I am. Pocket to egg. Them. <laughs> the uh, I love well, eggs. I love eggs. I ate 12 eggs in 20 minutes uh, about a year ago and got violently sick and yeah. took six months off of eggs. There was, there's a... Uh, Just on a whim or uh, yeah, the mood strikes? Any, uh, why? <laughs> Tell us why. Was it a, a dozen egg omelet? Well, when well, they, when they saw why, their Why like, I ate 12 eggs? Yeah. Yeah, were they, were they um, solid or liquid? My friend, my friend uh, saw on Tinder that this girl bragged in her bio that she ate 12 eggs in one sitting. And so he got, a, he just like, was just like, this sounds fun. And he got uh, five or six of us to sit in a room and each eat 12 <laughs> eggs. <laughs> and we all got super fucking sick. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we, could, we could prepare them however we wanted. And so a bunch of people made like scrambled eggs or omelets. I'm I soft boiled six of them and soaked them <laughs> that, in soy sauce. That is the worst way you could fucking eat. Them. And then I, I made a soft boiled omelet. I think soft boiled would be the way to go. No, it, it was slide good, down easy, I would man. eat one sixth of my omelet, and then I would be like, "Ooh, time for a hard boiled," and I would pop it in my mouth and eat the egg, and then I would just go one sixth. It's like a system. I'm like sick hearing about this. Like I've done this. There was a uh, send love out into the universe. Uh, there was a ramen shop called Ramen Man in Seattle. It's probably like one of the top mm. ramen places. Love that place. Yeah. Unlimited soft boiled eggs with your ramen. And what we, really? I think yes. I think we put back like I think we put back like 34 <laughs> of them one time with a group of four people because they'd be like, "Do you need anything?" We'd be like, six eggs." Egg? A person to bring them down? <laughs> yeah, like, nervously, like, <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have that many. <laughs> Our chicken in the back's really fucking laying them out. Right <laughs> it's uh, on demand. They're fresh. Well, boys, do we want to get into to Ben's final movie? Do we want to give him a good send-off? <laughs> I have to do yeah. a review and we're trying to give him a good send-off. 
Oh, hang on. I think I'm getting a call, guys. Here, let me just let me just grab my my call real quick. Hello, hello. Hey, guys. Hey, it's just wanted to call in. This is Ben Affleck. Hey, how's it going? Oh, hey, Ben. How's? Hey, guys. Are can you hear? Can you guys hear Ben? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is he preparing? Oh, hey, I just. Yeah, I just wanted to call and uh, say, uh, I just want to say thanks, guys, for doing all my movies. You know, I haven't seen them yet, but, uh, you know, I heard you guys are doing a podcast. We are. Yeah, Ben, and we really like your work. Yeah. My girlfriend doesn't. Yeah, that's great. Oh, okay. That's all right. That's all right. Yeah, I I heard you guys, uh, I heard one of you guys was talking shit about uh, Batman Superman. Uh, Which one of you guys, uh, which one of you guys is Ryan? (laughs) That's this other guy. Oh, is that other guy? Huh, you funny guy. Mm-hmm. Huh? You know, you know how much you know how thick my muscles are for Batman Superman. I'd have pound that tire for like ten hours a day. Sir, yeah, that's a good that fucking movie. Has nothing really to do with impressive. your you sexy really body. Good. Yeah, you look fantastic. Oh, yeah. I oh, would thank look, you. I, I would lick melted ice cream off of your abs. I, Thank you. You know, it's, I'm listen. I'm sorry. I think I came out a little hot onto you guys. You know, I just it's this work is really stressful. You know, I'm trying to make a new Batman movie, and I just I, I gotta take it out on people. I get a little You're, sensitive about the Batman stuff. What can you tell us about the new uh, Batman movie? Oh, thank you for asking. Thanks. You know, I I guess it's a good chance to kind of plug my new movie. Okay. Uh, yeah. So in the new Batman movie, my chin is twice as big. I got a prosthetic. I made it twice as long. It's stretching all the way to my stomach, and then I, I slap a hockey puck with my chin, just like a big old hockey stick, and then I, I, I kill Superman with it. That's, wow. Uh, what? Yeah. How many, how many hours in the makeup chair does that take? Oh, not long. Not as long as you think. Anyways. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Ben. We know you're very busy. Oh. If, oh no, I'm not busy. You guys, what are you guys doing? <laughs> you guys doing anything? Uh, I, hey, Ben, Ben, Ben. I know, out? Ben. I know. Yes, the answer is yes. I know you just got broken up with over the phone, and that's uh, hard. That's hard to hear yeah. because you know you didn't have phones when you were growing up because you're so old. No, but we I love did. you. I didn't at all. Listen, you know, I, I'm not worried about that stuff. You know, people, she, she, you know, we could live our own lives and what, water under the bridge and whatnot. Uh, you know, I just, you know, I'm looking for some people to hang out with. You know, Matt's not answering my calls. Uh, just, uh, we, <clears throat> we actually, hopefully, uh, one of us entered a, a contest to spend the day with you. Oh, you mentioned my, uh, you, you entered my Omaze contest. Uh-huh, yeah, we're hoping, we're hope- Matt... We're hoping we win. Oh, you guys could spend the time with us. Oh, well, that's that's just great. You know, once Matt answers my calls, I think he'll be he'll be really excited. About where this where stuff. would you take us if you had one day to show us Boston? Boston? We're not gonna be in Boston. I haven't been in Boston forever since I filmed the town. I'm gonna show you Gotham City. I don't even know what my where my accent's going. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe you well, were so ben, convinced. Well, thanks for this coming on. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, but we have to we have to change segments now. This segment is coming to a close. Oh, okay. I thought I thought I'd, I'd come in on the Affleck's attic and tell you a little stuff about the movie, about the the movie you just saw. Do you uh, want to introduce the movie? You know what? Yeah, yeah. I'll go ahead and introduce the movie. No. Uh, okay. No, I don't know how you guys God. do it on your show. No. God, no. Well, here goes. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, uh, Ben, it sounds like your connection's breaking up. <laughs> oh, Ben, so it's oh, sorry. Ben, we'll have to we'll have to call you I back. I think I'm losing it. Okay, I'll, I'll just I'll talk next time, ladies and gentlemen. The town, the town. <clears throat> hey guys, I'm back. Um, wow, that was pretty that's cool. Ben Affleck. <laughs> that was great to have him on the show. Um, really cool of him to spend spend time uh, with us on there. Uh, cool. Well, you guys want to get into the town? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, hello, everyone. Welcome to the hey. introduction hello. of the town for Good Boys Gone Bland. I apologize that I sound nasally right now. Oh, excuse me. The town. The fucking town. The town. We, we <laughs> you're picked our, you're gonna, we picked you're the gonna third. You're going to get a lot of bad Boston accents. We, <laughs> we chose our third controversial movie in a row for what we're about to That's do. Fine. I know, like, one person that has connections to Boston, and he'd be cool with it. I don't even like Philly cheesesteaks, you know? Uh, <laughs> does Boston have a food that they're known for? Besides cheesesteaks? Boston uh, cheesesteaks that they have? Yeah, isn't there, like, a, a burger shop that really... There's uh, a Boston food that I'm not even thinking about right now. Is it fucking lobster rolls? Or is that... Is that, uh, is that Boston or is that too northeast? I think it's just too stereotypical. No, um, dude, lobster rolls are def. Wait, too stereotypical of the Northeast as a whole, or for no, Boston? Boston itself? Because lobster oh, I one, I hate lobster rolls. They're disgusting. What? Hot take. Okay. I do not want to fucking eat that much. Up. Maybe I've only had bad lobster rolls, but that much fucking butter on bread with lobster—that yeah. that is not a combination of textures that I want to eat. How much? How do you normally eat lobster? Normally, I microwaved, dry. I'm not a fucking. No <laughs> I'm not a. I mean, like normally when you eat seafood like shit. crab and lobster, you just drench it in butter. Yeah, but I don't want the bread drenched in butter. And the pe the last two times from separate locations that I've had a lobster roll, there's been so much butter in the bread itself, exterior to the lobster, that it's like it's like it feels like I'm eating wet, wet, wet. And I don't like that in my sandwiches. Well, okay. I'm not willing to admit well, that maybe I haven't had a good lobster roll. No, that's fine. Mm -hmm. So People can have different tastes. That, but I think that's more important to know. I might not have had a good lobster roll. But the two that I've had from the places I've had them, I was like, why the fuck would people eat this? I mean, it's maybe it's just like Ryan's Reuben sandwich that he, uh, he, oh, you know, he told fair. us about. It's like well, maybe you haven't met it, the right guy. From the other point of view, they've got lobsters. they got to eat them. Well, they kind for now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, do you know, well, actually... started out as a poor like person food. Because there were so many, now there the aren't. The city of Boston only eats lobster rolls for survival, dude. Each citizen has a mandate. They have to eat about 10 a month. Otherwise, the lobsters will overrun the city. Yeah, and the way they hand it out is like the way that the, the in communist Russia, they would check your papers. They would make you stand in your... Uh, make you stand in the big line between this uh, big giant square block concrete building and they mm -hmm. have this grainy megaphone and they're yelling oh. propaganda out like mm -hmm. your rolls. <laughs> go to six Sox games a year <laughs> watch ben affleck's next great movie <laughs> i i heard the way they have to hunt their lobsters is that you actually have uh, six guys with machine guns uh, pointed towards the ocean and then they're like, here they come! And then you see like a big tidal wave crest over. And then they're, the lobsters are sitting in the rolls, you know, with their little little guns. 
and they're coming at and they're like get them there's too many but they always pull through for our lobster viewers out there um sorry Denali, lobster viewers. Denali Denali is in fact one you should be happy that I don't mm -hmm. like lobster rolls two Denali is in fact a crustacean anamorph so please spare yeah. us uh in the eventual takeover or crustacean war thank you the crust the crusty wars well way to put a bit of confidence for the the humans in the crusty wars jace you know you're gonna capitulate that easy you'll never break me lobsters oh you're you're i'll be breaking your claws over a nice buttery piece of bread before you break me imagine you... if they imagine if there's an alien species and they said that to us like oh humans you think you can mount a resistance I'll be eating your fingers <laughs> over over butter. Hmm. I'd be a little alarmed. Yeah. yeah, like fuck, dude, just kill us. Just... <laughs> well, first we boil Stop. you. Alive. We boil you, and then I go to a place called Long John Silver's and tuck in the napkin like a bib, like I'm a baby, and I'll break and your hands open with a little hammer down the back, and are eating the meat. Like, from could you? The, oh, the yeah. Wait, wait. Reverse of a crustacean. Could you imagine if aliens came here and the way they ate us is they cut the skin open and just ate the bones? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like if there was a species where crunchy and squishy was reversed, um, and they searched for crunchy, um, they had they yeah, because they would have exoskeletons. You know, wait, are crustaceans would be on the outside. Humans? And their squishy would be on the inside. Yeah. Because we have squishy outside, crunchy inside, no tail, legs, no claws, hands. We are reverse lobsters. That's why we're mortal enemies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It reminds me of, like, the six different times that species have evolved into crabs separately. <laughs> do you guys hear, do you guys hear I've about, heard about that? that? Yeah, the crab is the most there's, efficient yeah, life form. There's like six different families of crabs that are completely biologically independent from each other, and they've all evolved what? into crabs that many times. It's like the perfect <laughs> life form. Is that the final form for it, all species? Yeah, it's it is. Is crab. <laughs> you know what? I am here for it, dude. Like, I can't tell you how many times that I was like, you know, if I had a fucking claw, I could just cut this bagel in half you know well what are we talking about oh the town I'm sorry <laughs> the town okay let me give jason you want to break, <laughs> you wanna break this bro lobster claw open i'll break this lobster no because I, like i just said i don't like lobster rolls okay, so i don't want a yeah. lobster to we gotta die keep our lobster this, audience yeah for this this podcast we watched uh directed by acted in Probably didn't edit because that's kind of hard. Uh, but Ben, Benny Boy, Ben Affleck. We watched he did the, the soundtrack. The he record. He did all this. Yeah, that was him behind the scenes going. It was him behind the scenes going. He did all the sound work. <laughs> he's the foley artist. He's really talented. He's a gift. Dude, he's so good. Oh, he wrote it too. Writers, Ben Affleck, screenplay. Um, the town is the story of Doug McRae, a man from the, a 
suburb of Boston? What what is it called? No, it's a, not necessarily a suburb, neighborhood. A neighborhood, uh, neighborhood. That's the word. Uh, the neighborhood of Charlestown, which has generation after generation produced armed robbers. Um, According to the movie, it's uh, no in the real. Just work. We're not just saying an inflammatory statement. This the movie said this is a fact that they I don't know us. shit about Boston. It could or it couldn't. I don't know. If no, somebody... it's, it's totally true. Look, I'm not looking to, gra- to drag Charleston down the down the muckrake, you know. Yeah, so anyway, Hell's Kitchen is really famous for producing blind people that kick people's ass. <laughs> Shut up to them. Most per capita. Uh so Doug McRae is uh, the kind of the ringleader for a group of four people who set up and perform bank and truck robberies uh, as their livelihoods. And in their first and opening robbery of the movie, they end up having to take Rebecca Hall, who is playing Claire, hostage because she hits an alarm. Uh, They release her, but... She's severely affected by being taken hostage and thinking that she was going to be killed. Uh, throughout the movie, we're seeing a, uh, a second, maybe in third heist being planned out. But Doug is interacting with Claire because his, uh, like, maybe best friend, James Coughlin, played by Jeremy, Rem- uh, Jeremy Renner, is worried about the loose end of the woman. Uh, so Ben gets romantically involved with Claire when he realizes uh, maybe what he did, even though he was trying to save her and make sure that Jeremy didn't kill her. Kind of ends up being a fucked up situation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, continues on with his relationship, plans another plans another uh, heist. We see that he never knew his mom. There are a lot of, there are way too many loose ends for me to tie up in this this fucking thing so anyway they do a heist (laughs) um the fbi gets involved the fbi actually for uh compared to every other movie i think that i've ever seen is very competent uh they they peg down who it is we see a second heist we see ben wanting to get out of the heist game and potentially settle down with claire before she finds out what he is uh we see a final heist that comes to the conclusion of everybody in the gang getting murdered FBI catching wind and Ben Affleck disappearing into the night. Into the day. There we go. Oh yeah, into the day. Matt, this is there's a lot. I don't I don't think I'm good for describing heist movies because there's so much I want to talk about, but this this movie took a lot of twists and turns, but I think I think you nailed it, yeah. Jace. Um one thing I, I wanted to Did say, I? and you guys uh talked about this too when you were uh <laughs> When you guys were describing this movie, I needed to turn on subtitles because holy crap. Yeah. Uh, those accents were thick, dude. He turned up the Boston dials, him and Jeremy Renner. Uh, even Blake Lively had a really believable Boston accent. Yeah. Um, Han- uh, uh, yeah, seriously. Uh, hats off to Blake Lively. It was movie. surprising to see her in that role um, as kind of like an oxycotton dealing kind of sketch shady character <laughs> like in the bar. She's like, oh, yeah, Dougie. I knew a Dougie. Like, and I was like, oh, dang, she's totally nailing this. Um, the other thing, too, is like when I when I first was watching it for the first few minutes, like I, I thought it was in another language or something. Like I thought I clicked something. It was like watching you, ever, you guys ever see Peaky Blinders, the show? Where they're like, oh, peaky fucking blind eyes. They, they, they talk with such thick British accents, I can't understand. Well, that's, that's how I felt with this one. Hmm. Yeah, the, I literally had to turn the, the subtitles on for the opening lines. 
Ben is narrating. The other thing um, about this movie, you know, that opening heist scene, you know, where they're all wearing these Skeletor masks and they're breaking in, right? And it's a really intense scene. First of all, I'm a sucker for a good heist scene. Like, I, I'm always mm -hmm. on the edge of my seat. I'm like, oh, snap, here we go. Um, I, I read that um, on the on the little Amazon uh, trivia thing that, like, Ben Affleck would stay in costume in between takes to direct. And so he'd be in his Skeletor costume behind the camera doing the directing. And I heard Rebecca Hall... Uh, who plays the female like, she couldn't like keep a straight face because he's given her serious direction while dressed as skeletor i just thought I that was great, great. Like, he should do that all the time there should be some director who like legally changes his name to skeletor <laughs> and directs a movie and dresses like skeletor and then uh like at the end of the movie you're like wow it, it, it's a normal movie and it's like directed by yeah. skeletor <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, will never find me in my see, money making you know, operation. You know, there's a new Skeletor movie coming out. Is there a, is there a movie about Skeletor? No, it's by Skeletor. Yeah, it's it's by the evil villain who lives in a volcano. <laughs> Produced by Castle Grayskull. Yeah. Did you guys notice the very very great timing on the BlackBerry product placement? Yeah. Yes. That oh no, I didn't catch that one. Yeah. Are you serious? Bank, no. Are you fucking scene, kidding me? They're like, they don't say put your cell phones in the bowl or on the ground. They say put your blackberries on the ground. Oh, You're fucking okay, kidding okay. me. The one time there is extremely blatant fucking product placement when I'm <laughs> entirely immune to it. Mm -hmm. I I notice it, but did Ali? You're completely. I didn't notice that one. I did buy six blackberries this morning. Um, well, I did notice the uh, Jeep Cherokee product placement in this one. Yeah, the getaway the Jeep, vehicle. Yeah. The Jeep that really pulled it together. It was their best getaway vehicle. <laughs> yeah. Can I just say about Ben Affleck and Jeremy's character? Um, they fucking nailed it. They were totally in their elements. In this yeah, they movie. did really good. Jeremy rendered really good. Yeah, he got the nomination uh, for best supporting for this one. Um, and Jeremy Renner, he just has that look and mannerisms down like of someone who who like grew up in a rough and tumble area who's someone who like unpredictable yeah, um, he just the wild totally card that. factor he sold the mm -hmm. wild card factor really well and even like the scenes where he was supposed to be the wild card where they went to him for his wild card um they it was obvious that they knew that he was this crazy and they dealt with it anyways and they invited him along anyways um i like that yeah I like yeah, that aspect of it. Cracking people with guns and like he's shooting people when, when they clearly don't want it. It's it's that element of uh like you said, the wild card in your heist group that causes the conflict. I like that the, guy. The the yeah, exactly the conflict. The his character brought tension. When his character was in a scene and the scene had had to like the heist had to go yeah. well, we my eyes were on Jeremy Renner trying to figure out who Jeremy Renner was because they were in mass the whole time, which I guess is not really great for storytelling but mm -hmm. the but jeremy Ryan's character was liable to go do something crazy at any point so i was always looking out for him and uh i like that and things often went off the rails but didn't derail the plot because he would you know act strangely in the i think in the intro mm -hmm. in the beginning scene denali was talking about he brought in a he brought an assault rifle and i think they mentioned that later it was like yeah he brought an ak mm. the Honestly, every time that he was on screen and one of my biggest thumbs up for this movie is 
when I was into it, I there was tension. And I was like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. It was great. You mentioned the AK chase. And I thought about this the whole time. Did they unlock some kind of infinite ammo cheat? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Did you guys notice that, dude? Like, my God, it was like that forty second shooting and like no reloads. And I was like, the worst Jesus, part about man, this movie like, was, was the action. Scenes. Yeah, the, the action scenes were pretty generic, pretty boring. Um, especially like you said, with just there's no tension when Jeremy Renner's standing in the middle of the street, spinning in circles, shooting an assault rifle in every direction. <laughs> the cops are just like hanging out behind their cars that's not yeah. really fun to watch i'm opposite side of the spectrum i thought they did the gun scenes well because really very Do you like, like the action very specifically one of the gun scenes when i think it's ben is shooting his assault rifle they take care to make it look like he's shooting it and he's being recoil uh, uh, affected by it with the recoil and actually like multiple times in the end scene he has a what what appears to be like some kind of submachine gun and it's got two clips attached to it he shoots it and it runs out and he has to take time while he's hidden behind the mailbox uh, excuse me jeremy renner's yeah. character is sitting behind the mailbox and he has to take time to reload it and he pulls a pistol out and he shoots it six times or seven times because he used it earlier and he runs out of ammo and he has to get rid of the gun so i i actually thought that some of the action scenes of this movie were more well done and cared more to maybe not like the exact amount of ammunition that would fit into those magazines but i think they were paying attention to mm -hmm. to more than that than i than you uh, yeah that's fair we're getting the credit for then i would give yeah uh i i, I think but, but then again with the recoil thing he was holding that machine jeremy Renner's character this is, this is a different scene than you were talking about um he had a bag of money like sling, slung over one shoulder, mm -hmm. and with the other hand, he was firing a machine gun from his from the hip with like no problems whatsoever. And that that was the point. Nineteen forties like, gangster oh. style. Yeah, I remember thinking about that scene, and I remember thinking while I watched it, it would be a lot smarter if you were trying to kill the guy if you would just aim at him. But I uh, yeah, you were thinking like wow, this doesn't make any sense. But also, I feel like you're thinking this character, the guy isn't probably the smartest bulb in the bunch, and he's angry right now, and he was literally yeah, just point. walking around the car shooting in bursts. And I liked the... I actually really liked that scene because you mm -hmm. see a lot of the, the trails of the bullets as he's uh, shooting into the car, and he's kind of chasing him, and he's so angry that it would be smarter for him to leave, but he just keeps shooting him. And then John Hamm's character uh fbi special agent adam frawley you know is running around for his life trying to get away i like this scene a lot john actually. yeah yeah john ham really well. sounds like a disguise for a pig who's definitely trying not to be <laughs> a human <laughs> like he's like i'm definitely not a pig what night what human name he's trying I to get into a movie yeah he's wearing a trench coat standing <laughs> on two What's legs <laughs> Mr. Ham, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a movie star. I'm gonna be in a movie. Co <laughs> Wait, what's, what's this show called? Mad Pigs? Oh no, Mad Men. Oh, Mad Men. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> <Who's> the... <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> uh, uh, I thought John Ham did really good. We can we talk about John Ham? Yeah. Uh, his okay, FBI agent had a lot of really kind of like 
this is lawyer speak slash cop speak that I didn't like and then did like later. There was a clunky line where he said, anyone who lawyers up is guilty. Okay, okay. Yeah, I wrote this down for you, Ryan, because I was good. I knew he's you're gonna have an opinion on this. Yeah, I understand why they wrote it, why they put that line in there, and they put that line in there because later they have a callback line where they tell her to actually get a lawyer, and he says, "I I was wrong. You do need a lawyer." However, um, the the sentiment anyone who lawyers up is guilty is a problem. <laughs> there are people in America need to know that you should lawyer up under any circumstance whenever you are detained by the police and subject to questioning. If they if they, they read you your Miranda rights and ask you questions, the first thing you need to say out of your mouth is, I want an attorney. And you need to say, I'm not speaking to you until I have an attorney. And you can't say, like she said, should I have an attorney? that's literally what they're like they're trained to say things like anyone who lawyers up is guilty they're they're trained to say things like that and i understand that they're trying to make realistic cop dialogue because that's something that cops would say however maybe they should frame it in a way that the cop is being dirty (laughs) Mm -hmm. like it, it should come off as Oh wow, this cop's fucked up by for for him saying that. Instead, it came off as, "Oh wow, do cops really think that?" Uh, yeah, I agree. So I think that's that, that that's a that's a problem. Um, it, it's definitely realistic. I'll give them that because when we instituted the Miranda rights, the um, evolution of the 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 law from the Supreme Court coming out from Miranda has always been changing. Every time. The Supreme Court issues a ruling, like um, ratcheting down the Miranda laws, making it more strict what cops can and cannot do. They adapt and they train. They change the training manuals to 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 tell cops how to get around those new rulings. And what one thing they do is, if you ever ask, "Do I need a lawyer?" They'll tell you, "Anyone who lawyers up is guilty." Um, I was I was just I was hoping for a little more depth. I think other than that, they had some really good dialogue. There, there was a line you guys might not have caught where he said, uh, we can't get 24-hour surveillance unless one of them converts to Islam. I heard, I remember him saying that very I specifically. That yeah. yeah, because you, there's different procedural rules for getting um, surveillance warrants under the Patriot Act. Hmm. And uh, that's the so- somewhat anti-terrorism bill, but mostly not. Uh, mostly surveillance bill that the U.S. passed in response to the 9-11 attacks. And uh, that was a really clever line, I thought. Um, and it, it kind of teaches you how they think. Cops are always about, uh, they're always about getting information in order to get a warrant. And it's not just, uh, oh, we happened, to, we happened upon enough information to get a warrant. No, they're, they're always <laughs> trying to meet that threshold. Mm-hmm. There's a threshold here, and they're always trying to get there. And uh, so they say, like, well, the threshold that what that line meant was the threshold would have been lower. It's easier for us to get there if one of them, if we could get under the Patriot Act. And that's really cool because the Patriot Act is fucked up. Yep. I know that much. <laughs> so I think, yeah, that's really cool. Um, and that, so this and is then a again, good procedural 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, yeah. If you guys want some more info, we can do it after hours. But uh, then there was another line. So we had Ben say the word electric chair. And you guys know I hate that phrase. Mm-hmm. But it was in the right context. In Daredevil, he said it like, oh, I wish that guy would get the electric chair or something. And nobody says that. Um, in this, it, it was a layperson saying they're going to bring the electric chair back to Boston. Which was really cool because that number one acknowledged that they don't use the electric chair anymore. <laughs> and number two, signifying how bad the electric chair is. Mm-hmm. And then later, John Hamm's character, during an interrogation, he used the phrase paralyzing agent. And this is really cool. Very close to the dialogue in Gone Girl that I um, commended when Tyler Perry's character said lethal injection. And I really like that kind of complicated legal talk because, number one, it sounds cool. And number two, that's what people say. Um, there was another phrase where he said, uh, I was hoping that I could ex- asphyxiate him so that we could prop you up on an M1. I don't think people talk like that. And I think that's actually bad cop talk. Um, M1 is murder in the first degree. But people usually just say murder first, not M1, which is really kind of weird. And why would, if you're trying to make, if you're trying to make your script like coherent and understandable, why would you use like the more coded version of it? Unless it was like very, very obvious. Maybe it And I thought that, mm-hmm. yeah, if I, if I thought, if I didn't have subtitles, I probably would have missed that even. And even like I read that stuff all the time. So that was weird. So, I like John Hamm's character. All of the I like lawyers. The all the lawyers listening to this episode, they're going to be really excited to hear your breakdown of grievances. I'll be like, oh, there's a lot dude. more. You guys, these are, the, these, are the, yeah. these are the four I wrote down. There was, uh, there's a lot more, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, this is a good, um, you know, this is a good procedural movie. You know, they mention in the show uh, or in the in the movie, they're like, oh, yeah, I watch CSI, Bones, CSI Miami. You know, and this I, I think like this it. is a bit of a love letter to uh, the procedurals. Yeah, except I think um, that the we... stuff that, they're, that they said that John Hamm said was over the head of those shows. Like, I think it's actually good. And, and I've seen a lot of Bones episodes, not volitionally. Well... Can we get into the central conflict of this movie? The, the conflict that's kind of the selling point, um, mm-hmm. I think, which is Rebecca Hall's character, um, who was taken hostage, as Jay said, uh, by, the, by the heist people, taken hostage by Ben's crew. Um, and then Ben, to keep an eye on her afterwards, because he's afraid that she might have seen something, he ends up falling into a romantic relationship with her. And so now you have this another problematic Ben relationship with a woman where she doesn't know that he is secretly this heist person took her hostage and is manipulating her to some extent, even if his feelings are genuine. When, um, scene where he's like talking with her in the car and she's like, oh yeah, so I've been talking to the FBI and he starts acting like really uncool. He's like, oh. He's like, oh, you're talking to the FBI, huh? Oh yeah, what'd they say? Huh? Interesting. <laughs> like, talking to the FBI is cool super hell. suspicious. Like, and she got, she got, um, she got held up in a bank and like taken hostage, and he didn't even say like, "Wow, I'm sorry." Yeah. You know. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> oh yeah. Like, yeah what does that mean? Oh, FBI. <laughs> they know anyone? They know you saw you? <laughs> like, I thought he was acting super sus in that that car. It absolutely that... sus. <laughs> <laughs> it also Open. brings up like, what the fuck is his like end game here? Like, what is his like thing where he's like, okay, I know we've been dating a while. 
like it's been first six date. months. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I just want to say, you're going to freak out. Don't freak out. I did take you hostage in a bank robbery and hold a gun to your head. And I've been stalking you. And But this relationship's been great. Like, how the fuck did he think this is going to shake down? Well, and that's kind of, that. yeah, that's problematic in the whole, yeah. Movie-wise, I actually thought uh, when we when we enter into, like, the maybe, like, second and third acts of the movie, in that scene, uh, I think we're brought back to the interview where he's like, could you rem- do you remember what they sound like? Or could you remember what they sound like? And I thought somewhere along the lines in the movie, Ben was going to say something like the, you'll be all right. Like yeah, he said to her. Take, yeah, like uh, like he did in the very first scene. And I thought that was going to be the the tell. It was going to be the initial tell that drove her either A, back to the FBI, or B, towards telling them that she knows what's happen- going on. And that didn't happen. And I think I'm probably happier mm-hmm. after having watched the movie that didn't happen. Because if, if I'm like mm-hmm. thinking about it, and it's like pretty obvious. But um, I think this movie weaves in... Uh, it storylines really well to give you background information uh, to foreshadow. And I think they kind of left that dangling out there. Yeah. I think it was probably a directional effort to be like, bring up the fact that you heard them and they talked to you for a long time and they took you captive. And then the whole time, maybe I was thinking like, is Ben going to say something? Is he going to say it? Don't say it, Ben. <laughs> You're going to get arrested. So I like that. I, Jace, I think that's a really good point. Um, I think the fact that we have more information than Rebecca Hall's character mm-hmm. was a really good idea to keep throughout the um throughout the movie. And we've talked about this before about audiences catching up to the uh, to the characters, and or the characters catching up to the audience, vice versa. And that can be a source of tension. I think that the fact that we as an audience had we knew that Jeremy Renner's character had a tattoo on the back of his neck and she didn't. And she's sitting there and Ben knew, but Jeremy Renner didn't know that she knew about the tattoo. And so the whole time we're watching his head move. And I th- that was really clever. I think um, it reminds me of this story, I think by Alfred Hitchcock, where he talks about how to create tension in a movie or one way to do it. And he describes tension. And he says, tension is two people sitting at a dining room table in a play. And the play is on stage. And the dining room table, the audience can see the bottom of the dining room table. And the two characters sitting in the chairs cannot. And the audience can see that there's a bomb under the on the bottom of the dining room table. And so they're listening to the two characters talk, but all they're thinking about is the bomb. Mm. And that's a, that that's a one way to devise tension. And in this scene, the tattoo on the back of Jeremy, Jeremy Renner's neck had a bomb inside him. Was, was the bomb the tattoo? Yeah, from his time in prison, nine yeah, years in Gitmo. He was trained to have a bomb in his rectum. Yeah, to exactly. swallow bombs. And we knew that during oh, yeah. the movie. Yeah, because we were sitting in the audience and we could Den- see. Up Denali into- and I watched the extended cut where he does, in fact, swallow a bomb. Okay, 
Jace, there is an extended cut of this movie. You probably saw this, dude. No, I didn't like, see. Well, I is... didn't see the extended cut. I just read. I read about it like an hour ago. <laughs> There's an Affleck cut that's a half hour longer. Okay, fills in some of the other loose end details here. <laughs> I didn't think there needed to be any more details. Yeah. Apparently, the original cut, which is like about you know two and a half, three hours long. Uh, the producers in the studio loved it. Like apparently they thought it was awesome, but they had like an they had a deal where they're like, it needs to be two hours. Sorry, you do need to cut it. Yeah, that's um, bullshit. I, I, who knows, man? I don't, I don't know movie biz, but I heard that the extended editions pretty good, and it does have Jeremy Renner exploding like a bomb, uh, just randomly in the movie. Like it's not even an action scene. You know, he's just like eating pie uh, at home, and you know he explodes like a big bomb. Uh, it was crazy. But uh, I thought that was a good big risk they took. <laughs> Cutting we... that out was a big risk. <laughs> Reminds yeah. me of a certain SpongeBob episode <laughs> with a with a bomb and a pie. Yeah. Uh, the the other thing is like, okay, they had they had great high scenes. Mm -hmm. I thought the car chase scene was actually like kind of fun to watch, even though it was kind of hard to track a little bit because of like all the cuts. Uh, that part though, where they roll up in the car chase scene, they're all dressed as nuns. And they stop at like this intersection to the switch. You guys know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And then they see after shooting like tons of cops, there's a cop who's at the intersection at the stoplight. And he like turns and looks at him. And that physical acting of everybody in the nuns costumes where they all just stop. And they're like, you can tell they're all like, oh, shit. Like, do we got to are, are we going to have to do this? And the cop just turns away, like acts like he doesn't see anything. And then they just keep moving. And I heard that was based on a real. A uh, story that that Ben Affleck or Jeremy Renner interviewed from a, a convict in from Charlestown. Uh, he said that actually happened to him and his crew, where they saw a cop, and the cop was just like, "I don't fucking see anything. Like, I'm not gonna deal with these dudes with guns." Uh, which I thought that was wild, man. Like, that was just such a crazy scene. It provoked a huge re that scene alone provoked a huge reaction from both Yuri and I because I was like, "Yeah, it's like, you're and facing." impossible odds against four dudes that have guns in their hands i was like i would have been like mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and even that's like moving your hands is too much so that's like gold the fact that he's just like he just turns around turns so. and looks at the yeah. construction i i don't want to take over again but this is i'm learning it's becoming my shtick uh i have a small rant about that scene okay okay i, I <laughs> <laughs> I feel that those little scenes are a chance for a director to really make their mark on a movie. And they're a chance to really show us their style. I felt that Ben undersold that scene. That scene was a really interesting storytelling device. Really interesting, you know, like we talked about, the, the cop has this choice between going mm -hmm. good and trying to save these people and dying. or faking it and looking away and that'd be showing us that he's from that area and he understands what's going on i felt that scene was too bland it needed well, to have a little bit more flair on it it needed to dwell a little bit longer because as soon as it ended they were just back in driving their car and there was no tension anymore they had like gotten away well how could we benefit that scene 
how can we make it seem more Affleck like? Is is it like the uh, is the cop supposed to be like, oh, oopsie doopsie, I don't see anything. Oh, let's I'm gonna keep driving. I'm so horny not, in not my car. <laughs> Look at that hot construction so worker. So not even like a not even like in the Ben Affleck meme way, but like in like as a director, mm -hmm. you can use those interesting interesting uh, points to really make your mark on a film and show people your directing style. And I feel like you hand that scene to 50 different directors um jj abrams lens flare about 45 of them are going to come out exactly like that hmm. i yeah i i guess in regards to that i thought it was a good relief valve like for the pressure we'd been under yeah. that's something that we, uh, i talked about with yuri like tension in heist movies is so high all the time that when you get into a movie like this i think at like the hour 45 mark was probably when I picked up like hour 30 mark was probably when I picked up my phone for the first time and like started browsing and being like, I need to be watching the movie. But like that whole scene was a lot of tension and ran really hot for a long time that I thought it worked cathartic, really well. Yeah. Like, so I actually totally understand with what you're saying director wise, but like I felt that I would react the way that that person did in that situation and I thought that a part of this movie was showing us that uh, kind of maybe that every single one of these are, people are their own each individual person. And I think for the majority, a lot of these, a lot of the police officers were acting a very specific way. And it was the one time that you see a police officer in the movie be like, it's not worth. No, like, it's not worth dying yeah. for. I, I, I love the scene. Don't get me wrong. I okay. really, really, really did like the scene. The, yeah. Well, it's like what Renner said about the security guard. He's like, if these dudes want to risk their bodies for $10 an hour, you know, let them. Like, I mean, yeah. that's, you know, and Ben Affleck gives him a look when he says that. But it's like, you think about that, too. It's like, it's true. is it worth just, run, you know, being run down in a hail of gunfire like that? You know, when it's your, it's just you. You're not going to make, you know. So it's like, I kind of get why that cop did that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Speaking of overwhelming odds and uh, hail of gunfire... Can we talk about kind of the way this ending shakes out a little bit? Um, the th the third kind of final heist of this movie uh, is at the you know the Red Sox stadium. They're trying to rob the concession stand Denver money, Park, I guess, which I think is kind of yeah. They're taking all the hot dog money, three point two mil. Uh, that's going to be their last 60, big break. Sixty thousand beers. As soon as I said beers. sixty thousand beers, I literally said out loud into the living room. Oh, the robbing Fenway. <laughs> <laughs> 60,000 beers at Fenway is probably like close to a trillion dollars, actually, in, in actual money. <laughs> um, that, that final heist scene, of course, things go sideways, as it has to happen, you know, in a heist movie. Um, there is one death scene where someone in their crew gets shot in the head by like one of the uh, like SWAT team people. I read like that that scene had to be uh, signed off by the MLB. Like the MLB had to actually sign off on all the action movies, <laughs> our action scenes in this movie. Um, they mm -hmm. had to do a different take because like apparently when they shot him, like blood splattered all over the the van, and the MLB was like, no, <laughs> no, 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 you can't have that associated with like baseball games. And they had to like make it less violent, which I thought was like crazy. Like, why would they have <laughs> that kind of clout? It reminds me. So like, that's. Not that insane, though. I believe that story because the United States military will do the same thing. 
Oh, yeah, they, that shit. If they want to use any sort of military gear, the military has to sign off on it and make America look great. Yeah. And later in that that movie, we can we can kind of go over this a little bit more later, but um Jeremy Renner's death scene. Um which I thought was such a <laughs> it was such a great end scene because you know he's running with the bag of money. You know he's gonna go down. He's surrounded by cop cars, he's shooting every direction, and then he's behind the mailbox. It, you know, he's like He's about, you know, he's gonna die. He like looks at this coke that's on the ground, like like a McDonald's cup, and he's like, oh, he picks it up and like drinks, he takes a huge swig out of it, throws I, it down, yeah, and then runs out into a hail of gunfire. He's like, I surrender, but he's like shooting, and they just shoot him a million times. Like, I thought that was such a great send off for that character. That might have been my favorite scene in the movie. That because that just felt so relatable. Like, you, you <laughs> honestly. <laughs> But like as a like relatable like person like you you understand if there. you're you understand if you're in his shoes that he knows that he's going to die because you understand the type of character that he is and just like you know that feeling when you get a large coke or a large drink from a place at a food at a food store and you take a big swig of it and to think about this guy who knows that he's about to die and just take a giant drink of that like. I, I, it's really weird to it really it feels really weird to say but i was like if there was something i guess he had to have in that moment that, that might be it yeah last supper oh look a pe overturned pepsi it's <laughs> on the ground from the, sitting in the hot sun don't mind if i do before i go down in a hail of bullets he acted so well in the scene though too like i feel odd, odd, yeah, i think it might have been compounding because i loved his acting in the whole movie but seeing him grab it and and take like a like a full throaty swig out of it. It was just it's, like it, it was over. <laughs> I thought it was overwhelmingly great for me. I loved that scene. <gasps> I I wanted to I wanted a Pepsi so bad when I saw that scene, and mm -hmm. I, I feel like that is the best native advertising ever. And maybe it's it's my uh it's my upbringing is because I saw Pepsi in there. I, I you know I don't know if Boston's a Coke or Pepsi town. I got a Pepsi vibe from that. Oh, actually, yeah, I did too. It probably is one or the other. Yeah. Does it? Does it? Renner seem like a Pepsi guy? Yeah, like, I, I get a Pepsi vibe Pepsi. from him. If, yeah. yeah, which is Pepsi weird. And same with better on yeah, like it's... first blush, but Coke is like better I'm for if you're gonna, literally going to take two sips. I like yeah, Coke, Coke the soda well thing, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh yeah, I like Pepsi and soda, not the uh, <laughs> the hard drug injectable Pepsi. suppository. <laughs> um, can we talk about the overabundance of Bunker Hill establishing shots? I was gonna bring up the establishing shot. There's the establishing right. shot of Fenway Park. I thought oh, about man. it. I'm proud of you for number one recognizing uh, the establishing shots. I don't but know also what Bunker Hill establishing shots. Realizing means. how ridiculously overused they were. It was gratuitous. You're right. Like. It just kept coming up over and over again. Like, oh, here's Boston. In case you like, there was no other scene in the entire movie that didn't happen in Charlestown. Like, why do you need a Bunker Hill shot every five minutes? <laughs> where, like, what neighborhood in Boston this movie is taking place? It's literally called The Town. Yeah, you see it, and you're like, oh, watch the monument, and they zoom out, and you're like, oh. 
Oh, boss, lobster roll. You see the lobsters on the ground. And you're like, ah, oh, shit. Did you hear the crunching when any actor would walk anywhere? Yeah, they had to cut out uh, all the lobster crunching in all the, the scenes because yeah, like, the sound was so... Yeah, they had to dub all the lines. And then they had to dub out Affleck screaming in the background because the lobsters kept pinching him. He's like, oh, God, they're coming! My eyes. my eyes! They're in my eyes! That's why they don't film any movies in Boston anymore. They don't, dude. Like, <laughs> it's because of the lobsters. The uh, the end of this movie, the conclusion, baffled me because, as you know, Ben Affleck gets away because um, he can't die in any of his own movies. Uh, he has to get away with it. He gets away with like a bazillion dollars, and then he gives it to his, you know, not girlfriend um, at, at the garden, right? But like. And I'm sure you guys thought of this too. What the fuck is she supposed to do with like a hundred thousand dollars of stolen cash? Yeah. She, she yeah. has to launder that. Like what? And that was the whole subplot of the movie was they were having a hard time laundering their money, yeah. and so they had to like owe favors to this guy. And he's like, "Here's a bunch of unlaundered money buried in a park." Good thing you're already like a suspect from the FBI and the FBI is like following you and tracking you. And it's like, oh, this lady has $100,000 in unmarked bills. Oh, it doesn't seem suspicious to me at all. Like, cool. Wouldn't be, yeah, well, like actually, real... wait, wouldn't, wouldn't the best place for, or we've got two separate situations here. I understand why it's difficult to launder the money that comes from the bank uh, because there are precautions taken and they remove the markers. They, he specifically gave her money that was from oh. the baseball game. So oh, that becomes, right. that no longer is an issue because the That's FBI is unable to track, money. yeah, hot dog yeah. and beer money. So That's why they were there, yeah. Counterpoint. That's, oh, uh, thank you, JC. Yeah, I actually you, just you, thought about that when that you were one. talking about it. That, uh, But maybe, maybe that, that's so, a critique still. Like, why not make that more clear? True. There's a way, if you're going to rely on that kind of complex plot device why not um throw in a line of dialogue well there well ryan in the extended edition they're like oh this is just hot dog money it's, it's all good and they had to cut that out because it's the time you know, it's instead time. they replaced it with a bunker hill shot they let they had yeah. this they, they smell the money it's like smells like hot dogs it smells like <laughs> i think every dollar bill within 20 square miles of downtown boston smells like hot dogs it smells like a fat guy's armpit. <laughs> they all smell like that kid. <laughs> One thing about the character of Jem I wanted to bring up in this movie is, is that there were, yeah, Jeremy Renner. Uh, there was a couple alternative picks for Jeremy Renner. Uh, one of which was John Cena. Uh, another one was uh, Chris <laughs> Pine. Uh, oh, yeah, I guess John Cena was was someone else in, in the crew. He was like the the driver. Um, Chris Pine oh, was going to be Jeremy Renner. Be way different as a John Cena movie. Oh yeah, yeah baby, It'd be wild. And then um, Mark Wahlberg was almost Jeremy Renner's character as well. One of one of Boston's own. Yeah, he's a Southie though. He's uh, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg is like kind of the the meteor version of of Matt Damon, and I think that would have brought an interesting flair into this movie. Um. Would it be too Bostonian to have Matt Damon in this movie? Well, it'd be like it'd basically be The Departed. It would be. It could easily be Goodwill Hunting too, if Matt Damon was in this movie. You could make a case that 
these two guys are grown up and are doing bank heists together. Like there's even yeah, there's season. even part of Good Will Hunting that's set in uh, Charlestown, South right? Austin, right? Well, he's a Southie, right? Like, yeah, but no, the, the but they go thing. up. Don't doesn't Robin Williams teach at Bunker Hill Community College? Oh, you might be right. But yeah, this could be this could fit into the Affleck verse, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, he's got to get all what? that Bruce Wayne money. So Where he's clearly. Yeah. Uh, this is pre-accountant. <laughs> pre-accountant. Wait. Okay. So this is. Oh God. Yeah. So he has to lie low and be the accountant for a while because he's he has all those mob connections, right? As the accountant. So this is pre-accountant. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets all the money to become Bruce Wayne, um, and I think he has to get hit in the head hard enough to think that his parents got shot when in fact his dad's in jail and you know his, his mom like was out of the picture. So I think it does fit into the Affleck verse. This is post him saving the world from an asteroid, but he's fallen on hard times. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, this totally works. Yeah, keep going. Yeah. And then he marries somebody in the suburbs mm-hmm. and lives a happy life, and she frames her own murder. Yeah, that's got to mm-hmm. be the end one because I feel like he has to go through a period of Batman um, before Gone Girl. I just I get a kind of post Batman thing where he's lying low. Like, I feel like Gone Girl is what happens between Batman, Superman, and Justice League, you know, during those, like, three years or whatever, where there's no Superman, um, and he's, like, settling down and stuff. I, I was... Is Surviving Christmas, like, the brief era of uh, Christmas cheer? I think, I was thinking that that Surviving Christmas was in the middle of them, and then Gone Girl is what broke him. So when you see Batman versus Superman, and uh, oh. his, his butler's, like, you can't do that, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> and Ben's like, <laughs> I'm branding people now. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Gone Girl turned him into Batman. And then uh, he's like, I've been doing this for 20 years. And then he's like, you've been doing this for six months, my man. You've been this. <laughs> and then Christmas came about and he was like, I'm going to go hold a family hostage. <laughs> oh, surviving Christmas did not happen. after Because... <laughs> You have to cr- the way you chronologically do this is mm-hmm. is based on the theorem that I have, and I'm, I'm working on like the numbers on this. Is that Ben increases in height and mass with every movie, right? Every movie he he creates, it feeds his life force, and he becomes larger, like a Super Saiyan. And you can see him in Goodwill Hunting; he's a skinny rail. And then by the time Justice League rolls around, he is a fucking plump meat fucking steak cow. Like he is gigantic. All right. Yeah. Uh- Imagine beefy Ben Affleck in Surviving Christmas, like falling off railings. Yes, and, like, Batman. Going to it he would go so, through the floor if he like <laughs> denting every doorway he walks through. Like he didn't have parents. I remember my parents would give me the ham. <laughs> hey Martha, can you get some more salami? Why'd you say that name? Why'd you say it? I actually. I haven't seen him in a movie after Justice League, and I don't know if he's returned to human size. I think he's just getting bigger. I think he's accepted it. I hope. Yeah, now his knuckles are dragging on the ground, and he's walking around like a gorilla. He actually plays Kong in Kong. He's, all, he's, in, he's in King Kong Godzilla. Yeah, he is, he is King Kong. The I other thing, and I want to bring this up too, mm-hmm. is Ben's bod in the town was fucking ridiculous. Are you once. kidding me? Unfortunately. But... He's doing his pull-ups, man. That dude was, like, insanely shredded. There was no reason for that either. That scene could have easily been 15 minutes long. 
and I would have been fine with it. Yeah, or also non-existent. Like yeah. one or the I other. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I like that it's set up that he has a bat, like doesn't have a good bachelor pad, and like it's kind of bare and trashy, and he just works out in it, and that's kind of like the single thing he does to stay sober. Mm-hmm. Um, we we only got to see it in the dark. So what? Well, how much personality do we get out of? Oh, he hangs around and works out with the lights off, but somehow there's a spotlight that shows right on his abs when he's doing pull-ups. But mm. <laughs> see, has a it, mirror it like five feet in front of him that you can't see that he's looking at himself. It was an ab-shaped spotlight because it illuminated nothing behind him. Everyone needs one. Oh, do you guys know that this movie uh, is what convinced Zack Snyder to hire him as Batman? Oh, really? Really? Yeah, they said because they saw him like living a double life and that kind of thing. That kind of the way he played it. Um, this was the movie that that made him want to cast him. I thought that was kind of cool. That's cool. Can we talk about Blake Lively, please? I yeah yeah of course. There's a shortage of female characters in this movie, and I think Blake Lively knocked it out of the park. I should come out and say I do not like Blake Lively in most of her roles. I don't know her about her as a not person, a gossip girl fan. I'm not a Gossip Girl fan. Um, All right. I'm not shitting on Gossip Girl. I just haven't seen it. I'm literally not a Gossip Girl fan. <laughs> oh, you're not? A- <laughs> oh, I'm just saying as a neutral statement. <laughs> um, and then I, I've seen a couple other movies where she's played like iffy roles. Um, but she wowed. She wowed me. Like, yeah. Uh, played way out of her typecast. She did. <laughs> played an Oxycontin dealing single mom dwiing like i really liked it uh she did really well her acting was believable she nailed the accents really good physical acting as well you know she acted like someone who was high or coming down a lot of the time yeah i i definitely agree man because like she I, i heard she studied like or she like spent a month with people from charlestown yeah, like, hung like out it. with them in bars, went to their apartments. Yeah, and so she like really put the work in to get the the accents, the mannerisms down, and it showed, man. Like, I can't tell if you're for... fucking with me or not. Did she actually do that? That's yeah, yeah she did. Incredibly, <laughs> that's phenomenal. So we've we've gotten through most of this movie, guys. Do we want to get into our Ben ratings and get into our overall ratings? Oh, I forgot. I get more time for, to step up on my soapbox. Oh yeah, Ryan's got more soapbox time. Oh god, okay. of, you can right soapbox oh. as long as you want because it keeps you here longer and then Denali can just he's got the final swing of the sword he can be like, showing. <laughs> I'll just write my notes and just be like oh, just mention this in your rating. So take who us away. wants to give their yeah, Ryan, go ahead and take us away. Always go first. But maybe this is yeah, I'm the most Oh, let's do, let's do reverse. Denali, me, yeah, Ryan. We can I'd like to see, because I, I feel like sometimes I set a bar or something. I know. Oh, you think your bar is high. I know exactly oh, what I'm going to do this okay. movie. Oh, okay, because I don't. I don't want to go first. I never know. I just kind of make it up, and I make the I spit out the number at the end, because I just improv everything. That's yeah. fair, too. All right, guys. Do you guys want to reverse the order? Ryan, are you tired of going first all the time? Yeah. I think it gives okay. it'll give something to people chill. because eventually we can look at all these and we can be like, "Wow!" When Ryan gives the order first, maybe it'll change our dynamic. Jason, okay, something Jason? stupid. I'm tired of going first because Jason? I set, I set the bar unreasonably strange. 
I set the bar so high, it makes you two look like absolute fucking idiots. <laughs> so maybe if you guys swing, Jace, do you want to actually go first? Because you're always this the sand the meat in the sandwich. What do you? I like being the meat in the sandwich. All right, I'll be the meat. I'll be the. I'll be the. I guess the other bread. Um. So I'll do my Ben meter first. As far as Ben goes, in this Ben movie, meter this for pretty. One second. Let me switch over to the Ben meter. All right. <laughs> uh, as far as Ben meter goes for this for this guy, this is pretty Benerific, as I would say. This thing knocked it out of the park. This took all of the Ben aspects that I look for in these movies and really brought the heat. This wasn't the brooding Ben that we saw in Argo that I still liked, or saw in Gone Girl, or saw in Batman Superman. This was the old school kind of sleazy, cocky Ben, but just presented in the most interesting way possible. I thought as kind of like this heist guy who was sympathetic, um, and you know, it's from his his hometown. But the thing about this is his presence and all the scenes I thought was magnetic. He really carried a lot of the scenes, even with Jeremy Renner. He held his own, and I was always interested in what he had to say. Um, so for that reason, I think I'm gonna gonna give him a, a ten out of this one. I had no issues with Ben's uh, Ben's performance, how he was portrayed. Yeah, his relationship with the the female character was problematic, but that was the crux of the story. That was literally the purpose of the conflict. Um, so that that doesn't detract from my Ben meter here. It's me in the sandwich. Jace, what do you Let's think? hear it. <sighs> Let's go, meat boy. I regret giving every other movie that I've given a high number. Uh, because this movie oh. is a 10 out of 10 on the Ben meter. I would change the Ben meter image on the Ben meter to a picture of him from the town. He hit the Hell horniness. Yeah. <laughs> knocked with, it out of the park. He knocked, out the, the, park. knocked the horniness <laughs> out. We're going to lead with that because it's easy to lead with. He knocked the horniness out of the park with his interactions with Rebecca Hall and Blake Lively. We haven't seen that before. The volume is extremely high. I think his acting was top-notch. I've got some things that I want to talk about in the review section. Um, I thought it was phenomenal. I didn't know what I was going to get out of this movie, and I got probably my favorite Ben performance. And you, it actually brings it all together to me that you said that the way he acted in this got him the role as Batman because that I feel that. Honestly, I actually feel that. It feels weird to say. I almost kind of hate that I'm saying it right now. I feel that, <laughs> and I understand that, and I could totally understand why you would take the acting from this character and have him play Batman in that role if you weren't fucking with me. And if you were fucking with me, actually, no, I honestly, I no. <laughs> like, I agree wholeheartedly. He was giving off big bad energy. Yeah. It was, yeah, 10 out of 10. Ben meter, it's breaking. It's, we... it's hitting the end. It's it's slapping the, the yeah. end point. Are we gonna go for the omni tricks? Okay, I should. I don't want to pressure Ryan. I don't want to pressure Ryan. Should have went first. I feel so bad. That's fair. Um, I I might bump it up because you guys actually make compelling arguments. So I see how different it is to go on the end of the meter. We're not yeah. gonna get the omni tricks. I think with the final bends. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean. My, my is that yes, the quality of Ben was great. The um, quantity of Ben, obviously off the charts. Uh, the bendingness of Ben, yeah, you guys hit all those points really well. My um, my critique is that he also directed this movie, mm -hmm. and I mm -hmm. think that's going to take off the 
tech up one point from my quality of Ben. Oh, okay. Did we talk about his directing in Argo? I thought when we embarked on this Ben journey, we're talking about Ben the actor. We're not talking about Ben behind the camera making all those decisions. If, no, if I disagree, if the fact that he directed it goes into our decision to watch it at all or our enjoyment of it, then it's going to get factored into one of the ratings. And if I have to rate Ben himself, then, yeah, it's going to get factored in. That is absolutely fair for Ryan. Uh, As we have number. discussed, all of our it's Ben meters are different. They're yeah. all based on different that, factors. That's, that's the only thing that makes it interesting. If they were all the same, if I just had to give on his performance, it would probably be pushing the 10, I think. But I think I'm going to bump it up a notch because you guys actually made really compelling points. So I'm going to give Ben a 9. I thought his directing wasn't oh, as sure. innovative as I want it to be from someone who's like bursting onto the scene, making this movie about his like, not really his home neighborhood, but his hometown. Um, yeah, I've got other things to say, but I'll save that for the rating. But so I'm gonna go with a nine. I think that's still our second highest Ben rating. It is. Yeah. This is a Benny and the Jets. That's that's when when it averages yeah. about nine point five. Twenty nine is a high Ben score. We it is. That's great. Twenty nine. Oh, because we're adding them together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Twenty nine out of thirty. Yeah. This is the highest score. You know. We someone has to go back and listen to our episodes and, and calculate and write, out yeah, yeah and, and write them down. I can yeah, do that. so we'll, we'll have to go back and uh, kind of make a, a Ben graph and uh, <laughs> and figure out where we sit on this when we do our overall Ben ranking. Uh, but before we get into that, you guys want to talk about our our overall ratings? Yeah, yeah, and I think you're first. Oh, that's right. I'm so used to prompting you, Ryan. Here we go. <laughs> so uh, my overall rating this movie. Uh, is is gonna be is gonna be quite good. I really enjoyed this movie. I don't think there was any dead scenes for me. Uh, it was fun. It was. I wanted to watch uh, a, a shootout heist movie starring Ben Affleck, and that's exactly what I got, baby. I, they did not hold back at all. This was a fun procedural action movie for me. Um, but you know, it, it, that only goes so far for me. Sometimes, um, sometimes action movies only carry things. I need to have something that's emotionally engaging which i don't always get with action movies i don't think i really got it here i think there was a lot of loose ends that didn't get closed out like the whole thing with ben's dad who's in jail like i just feel like that was kind of just left out there same thing with rebecca hall's character she's just kind of out there with the money and i just feel like it, it didn't close well with a lot of different factors um but you know what overall fun flick i think because this kicked off the renaissance too this is going to be more meaningful for me uh, over in 2010 uh so i'm gonna give this thing a solid eight enjoyable movie maybe i'd see it again but i'm not a i'm not a movie rewatcher um but i would definitely recommend it to a friend Jason? up you're up I'm my up. man up. my man <laughs> oh man this movie is bowling a double for me i'm giving it a 10 <laughs> Whoa! I'm giving this a movie a ten. No, a turkey would be if we had a third rating, and I gave it a ten on okay. that too. Uh, yeah. There are some things that I can't talk about, like the 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 way that the movie was directed. But you know, I didn't know what I was expecting going into a heist movie. I haven't watched many what I would specifically call heist movies. I mean, I watched Mission Impossible. Um, we've been making fun of like around the Rick world. And Morty. I've been making fun of around movie. the world in eighty days. Rick and Morty, okay. Mm -hmm. um, 
this movie touched on all the and I I actually I've re, I've enjoyed our conversation today because I thought I was gonna give it maybe a lower number. I was thinking specifically nine because I couldn't say that I would rewatch it, but the movie does present itself in a way that it's rewatchable in that like the the climax of the movie isn't so bizarre and wild that like if you were watching it the next time you'd just be like, I know it happens. Fuck. Or at least that's the way I digested it. Mm-hmm. Um when we talk about his like I loved the subplots of this film and it's one of the things I brought up earlier. We we're talking about there's dialogue in this movie that goes and it shows you how uh, they can further the development of these heist scenes that they're getting into. There was someone that literally worked for Viacom that was patching these boxes that they, people were using to survey for, for, for surveillance, for camera footage. Uh, they were using lingo about like your family. Like we know your family is, they're doing their research. Jeremy Renner's character was off the charts the entire time. Uh, I love how they took his character arc in a way that you were like, oh, he did time in prison. He's a crazy guy. And then you find out that he did time in prison because he saved Ben Affleck's character. He hits him with his gun because they're having an argument. He's like, you know why I did nine years? I did nine years because Jeremy was coming over here with his Glock and he was going to cap you. And I came in and I did him in first. And we move into the climax and he gives himself up after drinking that Coke, which I thought was a phenomenal scene. I love that he went and he talked to his dad because it showed him that he was having some problems with his past. And then he goes and they did the villain perfectly in this movie. They did the villain in such a way that I hated him with all of my guts. Pete Pete Pothelwaite. The florist? The florist. Fergie. Fergie the florist. When he goes in and Ben tells him, I'm not doing any more jobs for you. And he's like, oh. You're not going to do any more jobs for me? That's what your dad told me. And then I did him in. I got your mom hooked on drugs, and then she killed herself. And he'd been looking for closure on his mom for the whole film. And when when Fergie says that, when the floor says that, you hate him with all of your being. And I wanted Ben to kill him in that exact moment. But he couldn't because the florist guy pulled out a shotgun because... They know that they need the protection there. And then we're, we finish the movie, and then we get the closure on that end. I really liked that they brought in the... I, I kind of... I liked that they brought in the bit about him being a hockey player and him caring about the YMCA because at whole, this movie is about the community and the place where these people are from and the money that he gave to Rebecca Hall's character was allowed to bring ice back to the rink and was allowed for those kids to play hockey and... So it's just like when I was watching this the whole time, I was like, wow, I, I am thoroughly enjoying every aspect of this movie more, way more than I thought it would. It's a 10. 10. I love it, Chase. I really, like, I really, really like to review. Um, I'm happy that you're happy. Yeah. <laughs> this is, if we go back to episode one, this is a fuck yeah, I enjoyed it. Watch it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have Your to intro, Ryan, sounds bold. like you're going to go the other way. <laughs> because I absolutely love rewatching movies. That's fair. There is nothing I love more. <laughs> like, someone could be like, hey, man, we're going to go have the fucking craziest, craziest part of, party of your life. Are you in? Are you out for the next three hours? And I'm like, 
nah, I'm gonna sit sit back and rewatch <laughs> this movie. Lord of the Rings <laughs> extended edition. <laughs> like I'll I'll always watch a movie and take notes on it, like on my own free time for a movie I've seen like ten times. I just I just love doing that so much. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that I will respect a good movie by rewatching it in that I really care about the people who put time and effort into making a movie that is very carefully prepared and worth rewatching that I'll reward it. Um, there's a couple movies I've watched in the last year. Um, the favorite movie I, my favorite movie I've watched in the last year would be portrait of a lady on fire. And I mm. absolutely cannot wait to the next time I rewatch that movie and I'm saving the right moment and I'm going to take notes when I watch it. Uh, another movie I've watched, which I actually thought of a lot last night when I was watching this one, because I think it's a better version of the town. Uh, it's called Logan Lucky. Oh uh, my god, that movie's so good. We oh fuck, dude. So that movie is amazing, and it's a heist movie, and it's about robbing a sports arena. Yeah. So I, so in my mind, I was comparing it to that. And thinking like I think Logan Lucky is a better movie than this. Um, my gripes with the town would be not anything to do with the writing. I think the characters really well done. You guys were skirting around this topic, but the town, Charlestown, is a character. The town interacts with everybody else and changes them in some way. And they all have a relationship to it. And if you replace the town with a person, you would get similar results. And I really, really liked that. That was very well done. The dialogue was great. We talked about the lawyer dialogue and the cop dialogue. Even um, Jeremy Renner and uh, Ben's dialogue was <laughs> really snappy to the point, And you believed it. I really liked that a lot. My gripe is that this looks like every other movie. There, there wasn't anything in this movie that ever caught my eye. I think there were two shots. One of them, the nun um, seeing the cop that we talked about. And the other shot was in the final scene where he kills the florist and the florist's assistant. There was like a interesting perspective shot where he tells the guy's like, hey man, something's wrong with the job. I'll, let me tell you about it. Lean in. And the security guard like leans in and he pulls up the gun and shoots him in the head. And that was an interesting shot. Um, other than that, I don't remember a single shot in the entire movie. For at least I don't remember thinking this is a great shot. Mm. My gripes are is that Ben could have bet really, really big on himself when he made this. It's the first movie that he's directed and starred in at the same time. This is his second directed movie. Mm -hmm. And there was one scene, and it's that same scene, the florist scene. At the end of the movie, he comes and gets retribution. And Jace, I think you made this a really, good, really good point. We hate this guy. And it's a really good character arc for this villain. He turns from, like, helpless bystander to villain really quickly. I thought that was very well done. The writing was great. However, the directing on that last scene could have went really hard. It happens in a florist shop. Where are the colors? That guy could have ran a 7-Eleven, and the scene would have been exactly the same. There was nothing to do with the flowers except for the fact that he was cutting flowers when he was speaking in prior scenes. Mm -hmm. um, imagine Ben Affleck 
stalking in the back of this florist shop with colors surrounding him. Imagine like a one-point perspective shot face-on of Ben Affleck with a gun out walking by and there's flowers on both sides of him and he's like having like kind of like brush by them a little bit and they're popping because they're coming out by the camera like there could have been such cool color aspects with fluorescent lighting and it's nighttime so there's neon signs like there could have been such a cool directorial cinematography kind of like it'd be nice to look at this movie and think wow that's beautiful and i didn't get that once in the entire movie well, it's not um, his style, man. He's not the Safdie brothers, you know? He's, uh, yeah, and that's what they, that's I the Affleck signature. Gems. I mean, no, 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 no. <laughs> seriously, I seriously thought about uncut gems during that scene. I thought, what if this was directed by the Safdie brothers? It would have looked mm-hmm. so good. I think if this movie starring Ben Affleck had been directed by the Safdie brothers, it might be a 10 for me. Um, I just love them It'd be so a very much. a different movie, too. I mean, <laughs> does, <laughs> yeah, the pace would have been. You want to talk about stressful? Like you watch, yeah. uh, what's it called? Uh, what's what was Robert Pattinson movie? The Good Time. Yeah, Good Time. That God. Like... Oh, I love that movie. Oh gosh, I love the movie. Um, I cried during that movie, man. I love the movie. But anyway, but, but I think I think that that's my one gripe. So my overall rating, I think, is going to be a six, and that's pretty good. Yeah. That that's in rewatch territory. Yeah. Pass. Six is a pass, my man, for me, man. <laughs> for me, five is a this this is a average Hollywood production. So six would be a yeah. little bit above average. I think it misses above points average. in directing, but I think it makes up points in the, the writing, the dialogue is really well done. So that's fair, man. Great. Yeah. Passing okay, so we got uh we got Jason I holding up. this uh the Ben meter up and uh still a thumbs okay. up. Ryan's still got a thumbs up. I'd say we finished pretty strong uh, in our Ben retrospective that we did for the past uh, 10 weeks here. Overall, you know, I think we had a pretty good journey. Um, but next week, we're going we're gonna to kind of parse that subject. Yeah, we, kinda, we went up and down a lot. Um, but I'm, I look forward to us kind of talking about our Ben rankings um, and kind of thinking a little bit about, uh, you know, our journey with this, with this very multi-talented, uh, multi-genre actor <laughs> that we had here. And I'm, I'm glad that we chose this movie, probably one of the most Affleck-y movies, uh, sort performance-wise, to end off on. Like, we didn't end off on Argo or, uh, or The Accountant, where it's not where he's not really bringing the band energy. We picked something where it's like, in Boston, he's playing like a, <laughs> like a bank robber, man. Like, some kind of blue-collar hero. And I, I think that kind of highlights the vibe of Ben Affleck so well. And I'm glad we were able to finish off on that tone. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, so as um, we're wrapping... Mm-hmm. Can I throw a recommendation out there? No. Not at all. So as we're wrapping... Skip. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> There's a book called um, Final Confessions. Mm-hmm. It's uh, about a person. I think he's from Charlestown, but he's from Boston for sure. Um, his name is Phil Cresta. Mm-hmm. He is from a different era, so the era before us. He died in, like, the 90s. And on his deathbed, he confessed to a bunch of armored car robberies that took place in Boston. Oh. And, is this, uh, a, this movie's well, based on a book? It's not that book. It's a different book. Okay. So, yeah, so that's the thing about Charles Town. It actually did spur, like, a bunch of armored car robberies. Um, he oh, wow. 
so Whitey Bulger, you guys have probably heard about. Um, there's a famous movie starring, I think, Johnny Depp, right? Called Black Mass. Um, Whitey yeah. Bulger was like number one on FBI's most wanted list for a long time because of his mob connections. And he would just brutally kill and rob like a lot of people. He was kind of the head of a, of a, of a person, of a mob. But Phil Cresta was just like a lowly armored car robber during the same era. And he had run-ins with Whitey and stuff. And he would rob anything. Anything they get their hands on, like furriers and stuff. So it was a, I think one of the most interesting ones is they rob um, furs out of like some shop or back of a truck. And then they rob jewelry stores. And the place he go, Phil Cresta goes to drink is across the street from Fenway. Hmm. So they hang out in the same neighborhood all the time. Uh, it's really, really enjoyable. If you want to hear like what it's actually like for a real person who did this stuff, Phil Cresta... Is a, is a really good source for that. All right. What's the title of that book again? It's called, I think it's called Final Confessions. And then it has a subtitle. But it's about a man named Phil Cresta. Mm -hmm. So if those of you want to explore more of the, the town cinematic universe or the, the robberverse of this town, uh, you know, check out that book. Yeah, The Unsolved Crimes of Phil Cresta. This, right. uh, a very real warning. This is not a part of the Affleckverse. This is oh god oh, no based this is on real life real. This is a <laughs> Could this you imagine might even be our universe <laughs> like <laughs> a real Have you had some kind of dissociative disorder where you viewed everything as being a part of some kind of separate universe <laughs> and that's the only way you could relate th relate things you're like this is a part of the Charlestown universe? How have I never heard of it? Whoa. I just Googled it. There's one copy on Amazon that's new that has prime shipping and it's selling for $163. What? You know well, what? For those How about of you this? guys, I'll sell you my copy for like 10 bucks. No, 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 no. If I've learned anything from playing. $62. Yeah, you want to undercut them by $5. Some might say that's highway robbery right there, selling a book for something like that. That is what Phil Cresta did. Uh, so. You guys think the <laughs> show. The crown takes place in the same universe as uh, Peaky Blinders and The Last Kingdom. I noticed like they have similar kind of world building. Mm. Um, I don't know what those, where those are set. Yeah, they're set in this like area called like England. England. And they kind of England. Sorry, oh. I'm so England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. England. Um, they. I think I have one of those. I have. Yeah, yeah. The doctors don't want to remove it, but it looks mm. benign. <laughs> Um, as we're wrapping up It'll here, guys, uh, I... <laughs> it's full of wasps. I may have yeah. refilled my scotch glass. <laughs> so as we're wrap wrapping up here, guys, uh, just wanted to say thanks to all our, uh, our listeners so far. If you haven't already, uh, please subscribe to our podcast. Drop us a review. We haven't been saying that. Uh, I feel like we should say that. Please drop us a review and subscribe. It helps us out. Um, You'll review the first episode or the tenth episode, yeah. <laughs> and we will apply your review to the thirty-second episode because that's when we'll hear about it. <laughs> yeah, we have a little bit of a posting delay when we make these, uh, but we are watching and listening. If you want something more real time, hit us up. Like I said on our Twitter, um, and you know we'll we'll try to you know get that's back to handle. you soon. And yeah, our handle is the is the GBGB's one handle. Uh, it's it's under Good Boys Gone Bland. 
GBGBS1. Uh, throw us a follow. Tell us what you think. Uh, tell us what your your favorite parts of the episodes are. Um, you know, we appreciate your patronage and spending your your life minutes with <laughs> with us three boys talking to, talking about Ben Affleck movies. Um, we hope you'll join us next week with our uh, our state of the podcast episode, where we're going to be kind of doing our bench perspective and talking about season two of Good Boys Gone Bland. What uh, what subject or actor are we going to pick? Um, to marathon again for another 10 episodes. What section of the time. house? What section yeah, what, of the movie mansion? That will be determined. It's a big... By the... It's that's a big... A, that's yeah. very important, yeah. <laughs> We're closing the Affleck's attic behind us. But leaving it leaving it just cracked open to maybe to maybe crawl back up again if we want to watch yeah, some more... Yeah, uh, draft. We left a few do, of the movies up there. Yeah, we left a few movies. We left... Justice League Ultimate Edition up there uh, for the for the March release. Perhaps we're gonna jump back in. Who knows? But the uh, with our state of the podcast episode, um, our, I figured our format's gonna be uh, each of the three of us is gonna bring up a maybe maybe a, a subject or two, maybe outline a few movies, a few ideas, and pitch it to each other. But I want to make it clear right now, and mostly for me, um, you know, this isn't a competition. Because if it's a competition, I don't think I'm going to listen to reason. I think I'm just going to try to win, and I'm just going to do it my part. We're just going to try to pick the best ideas. Um, oh, yeah. That way I can... Well, yeah. that's the thing about it, though, is mm -hmm. you should – you. I think you instead have to get it mentally straight that it is a competition it is a because okay. you're attempting to pitch the best idea with the most mm -hmm. sound reasoning behind why we're doing it. Which is what I need to do because I can't get angry that my decision, my idea isn't the best one, but I have to listen to yours and compare. You know what? I'm, it's a competition. For Jace, it's a competition. For Denali, it's friendly banter. Has to be friendly banter for me. I'm not going to like, I'm going to pitch Airbud in the Airbuddies universe. And if we make it a competition, I'm not going to hear anything else besides Golden Retrievers playing sports, guys. I'm making a fucking slide deck on PowerPoint, and I'm coming at you with <laughs> with uh, slides and Diagrams, graphs. graphs. Yeah, I'm coming at you with them. Uh, I'm pretty nonplussed about everything that comes my way. Unless it's Catherine Zeta-Jones. I don't Jones. trust that for a second, Ryan. I don't, tr <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust that for a second. Ryan's holding Catherine well, Zeta-Jones like all those Redditors are holding GME stock right now. <laughs> Diamond well, hands. You guys, you guys like this heist movie so much. That's, yeah, oh god, I'm giving him ammo. <laughs> we don't know uh, when this is going to air. This could be in a dystopian future where GME is the uh, like chome the of the state. universe where it's, it's like, it's the, yeah, it's, it's formed its own godlike uh, <laughs> government. <laughs> uh so we'll we'll see um but we hope you guys will join us it'll be a great time uh thanks so much for embarking on this ben journey so far um see you next week bye this has been Affleck attic from us to you this has been Affleck attic oh. where we review poo <laughs> <laughs> trademark that yeah. I don't, I don't Let's know. Let's have a, a shit reviewing show. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>